Welcome to my podcast, Freestyle. This is series two and this is episode eight. And today I'm delighted to welcome Dee Soelo. Dee is a performance specialist and I've known Dee for a number of years. Dee has recently launched two businesses, the EQ Bands and the Dynamic Performance Hub. In this episode, I want to find out a little bit about Dee's background with horses, her journey with sports massage, how she went into creating the hub and the team around her, what a typical biomechanic session is like with Dee and the results that you might expect. Her hopes and dreams for the future and so much more. As always, thank you very much for listening and please share this. Hi Dee. Hello, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you very much for coming on my podcast today. Uh, absolute pleasure, thank you for asking me that. And just for the listeners, can you explain who you are and what you do? Yeah, so um, I own Dynamic Performance Hub and EQ Bands. Basically, I specialise in soft tissue, biomechanics and the rider strength conditioning aspect. But as sort of I've grown and now have created the hub and the bands, I suppose it's, you know, it's everything's all just very much based on performance from my aspect um, primarily. But we offer pretty much the whole thing is that just in equestrian sport there's no base for riders in terms of like where horses and riders can go to to improve themselves at whatever level that would be so we have performance psychologists chiros um pilates strength conditioning um you know like and then obviously access for you know we can i do a lot of biomechanics sessions now that's probably the thing that i've become uh, i sort of get a lot of i get asked i suppose now to do a lot of biomechanics clinics sort of around the country and obviously at the hub I do like training with the bands and then really my job is that I look at like each athlete and think okay what are the things that they need to be working at uh, you know working on um so a whole a whole mixture of things really but um so presumably you can create a plan for them or you can set them off in the right direction in the hub so it's all under one umbrella but you could use some of the other colleagues if you feel that they need it is that right and then just create a plan around how they can improve and then they come and see you regularly yeah so it's it's basically working on just that every horse every rider obviously different and equally what somebody might need to work on you know in the next three months might be different to you know three months time so the whole thing is that you know for example I could be doing uh you know I I could be doing soft tissue and biomechanics strength conditioning or you know we could have somebody doing chiro and this that the other but if for example like their mindset isn't there um you know it's, it's not pointless but it's it's just about you know like sort of deciding at that point what we think is most beneficial and then we you know like you say we sort of target and think okay you know we've got this to whatever level and then we sort of like re readjust but we the whole thing of the hub is that obviously there's only so many people like I can see so I really um I sort of work with a lot of the elite guys and then the hub team are there and then everyone works with all sort of different levels really we cater for everyone essentially um but it's it's a place to like just work on yourself work on your horses but also feel really comfortable to sort of say I think I need a bit of help with this or you know if you don't know we'll we'll help you sort of work out what is best at that point but with with your sort of home team and all of that I think it's really important that people work together a lot more and how did you arrive at creating the name for the hub because it's a good name 
Um, so dynamic has always been. I've actually changed. <laughs> I've changed the name of the blinking company a few times, but um, I suppose hub is like that whole thing of that you've got a wheel and you know like there's the center there's that base but it's got like all these different axes off of it um so that's how it, and obviously you sort of spin that to see what works best and all these different areas that come off of that and I suppose that's kind of like what I found throughout my career I was ending up doing is like thinking okay this person would be best suited with this person and that area and then I did a bit to be honest I did a bit of like research in terms of speaking to clients so dynamic I suppose like people do know like a lot of people remember that and then performance is massive for me like in terms of my brain as as well like yeah I just love anything to do with maximizing performance and I suppose it's like important to say that's what we are focused on um so it's a, like creating it all under one roof, one one place. Um, also online, you know, we do a lot of online sessions. So Hub can be online or obviously in person. So, yeah, there was, a, there was a few like different options. But I think as well, like you have to be careful, don't you, that once you've got like a brand, um, it was amazing how many people said you, you know, like when they see my stuff on Instagram or what have you, like it's fairly prominent, like because of like the sort of black and blue and the brand had actually become a, thought it was probably a bit silly to change it too much so that's how that's how it came to be really and can you describe a typical biomechanic session so um if a coach referred you how would you go about working with somebody and what sort of results do you typically expect after a session the hardest thing really sometimes for the coaches that obviously well it depends you know there's some coaches that they're riders first and foremost so they they're just trying to sort of think like how would they do things and sometimes it can be quite focused on the horse yeah um whereas I if I'm honest like I barely con- like I barely concentrate on the horse because my job you know and I'm not a coach at all so the biomechanics sessions like I often will get referred um actually by coaches that they say look you know I've got this rider they're doing this and riders like it doesn't even matter whatever level you are at you could be at the absolute top of your game but riders just get into these little habits and they can't understand why they're doing it and then it becomes like a constant thing and then you get annoyed because you know you're doing it but you can't control what you, you can't understand how you're doing it and the coach can't see sort of it's you know like what's the what's the cause what's the effect type thing so really like my job is that typically riders will come in and I will look at them like on the ground even like how they walk how they move ask about their general lifestyle um do like some functional sort of testing with them etc to see what's actually going on and then in terms of with the biomechanics um I sort of I really to be honest I sort of just watch to see what they will do naturally yeah um, I'm very lucky in terms of performance psychology. I've learned like a couple of ways in which I can get riders to sort of forget that I'm there because obviously they sometimes get quite nervous because they know that they're sort of being watched, if you know what I mean, like in terms of them, um, which is different yeah. because obviously most people, it's like the horse that they know that they're sort of particularly focusing on. Um, and then I sort of just really work out like, you know, why is it that they're doing that and how, you know, where is it coming from? Obviously knowing like their previous injuries, et cetera, et cetera. So I'll put the bands on the whole thing so that you put it on your weaker side. So it always goes on the diagonal because on a soft tissue side of things, obviously everything's, um, it, it will always go diagonal. So 
um and then i sort of work at you know sometimes i put one band on sometimes i put two sometimes i put the mini band on as well it's completely determined as to which person then it's to see what they do sometimes it's a total experiment now like i don't actually you know even i'm sort of like you know i'm not sure how the how this is gonna or how they'll react to this like their body and then you sort of figure it out and then the biggest thing is actually when the bands come off because then all of a sudden they've activated the muscles they should be using it's almost like a light bulb because of course then they can feel it but the biggest thing it for me is that um and I suppose the job like the coaches expect off of me and the riders is you know that and I want the riders to be as self-aware um actually know where they are in the saddle what they're doing because sometimes like you know to, in terms of the dressage like the half passes the pirouettes the shoulders the amount of things like people do where it's it it just becomes a bit stuffy there's certain things that they're doing where it's not massive it's not like they're doing anything huge but because of where they're placing themselves they're just it just isn't like you know like it isn't it isn't clean it isn't wow and like the changes there's so many different things within dressage like and it's just even going through like the super basic stuff within dressage um so it's like how you ride a corner how you ride you know like it's so many different aspects to sort of to look at but I suppose the biggest thing is being aware as to what you're doing and and I think the most important thing is having a solution like understanding that but then how you could actually how you can help it how you can fix it you know long term well I think as well from I'm talking from a coach's perspective as well like if you've got somebody and for instance they need to work on their hands but they you just literally I sat and taught them about their hands for an hour. I think people get a bit disheartened. So I think it's really good as well that people can come for a specialist positional training and and that is all you're going to focus on. It's very important. But I think sometimes for less experienced people that they would worry that that's seen as a negative and it's obviously not. But I think it's a brilliant idea. Yeah, and I think, to be honest, like I do actually, um, I love, as I said, I love listening to like things like that and, I think it's how you speak, you know, like I'm quite lucky that I get to know the riders I work with very well. So like how I communicate with one rider will be really different to another. But it's not me just don't get me wrong. Like once I get to know people, I think a lot of people say I am quite harsh, like I'll be, but equally, I know when to say what. And it's not like it's not like I'm saying that's terrible, but there's nothing we can do about it. It's like that wasn't good enough. But I know that if we work on this, we'll be able to fix that. And then, you know, every time I have to say, like every biomechanic touch wood, um, you know, people are like super psyched that they've actually worked out what the problem is and how they can fix it. Because there is nothing more disheartening than when you go for like a coaching session. And, you know, I've heard that like in terms of when I was yards a lot more than like not being at the hub so much of that coaches would end up saying you know god like this is what we focused on last time you know like and it's it becomes like oh my god I can't fix this do you know what I mean so rather than thinking of it a negative and I think it's just it's just, just your vocabulary and I'm probably quite lucky on the psychology front of that that I pick up a lot of things from like Charlie and stuff like that of how to you know how best to engage with people and um I'd like to think I'm fairly all right at sort of working out how people learn the best, you know, because not we're so past that sort of um, age old thing of like just demanding this and that and shouting over the school. So for instance, you're a visual learner, like 
you can do that can you do video and then you can play yeah, it back so, yeah sorry I should say yeah so um in terms of the video analysis that's like a major thing like that I will video them doing that movement for example and then I show them it straight away yeah because I think sometimes people so again like that there's some people that they don't actually learn that well off of that so I kind of like again you sort of learn as to which people do but it's amazing like it's actually insane that you know I to be honest with you I actually had a really good this is years and years ago actually but there's like a very very good dressage trainer that somebody asked me to do a biomechanics session sort of like whilst they were having a training session and they were like what you know why would you video you know we've never like why would somebody you know we video now and then they can watch it you know in, when they're back home it's it's so important to just understand you know what works best for that ride and you can't you just can't say that you know not being able to see something straight away it makes such because there's probably so many times where people have watched it and they think why have I done that do you know what I mean and they want to they could all, they almost want to go back and do it whereas when you actually see the video there and then you've got that opportunity do you know what I mean you can it's yeah. not just feeling it, it's seeing it yeah so I think that's like a major you know that's a major help and I use like a bit of I do use a bit of technology on that front as well. So it's not just a video. It's like, you know, afterwards we'll link it all up to actually see where they are and, you know, little differences as to where they could, you know, like even talking about like the PF, the massage and things like that. You can just change the slight. And, you know, obviously it's horse dependent, but you can sort of just think, okay, can just get them sitting there a little bit more that would enable, you know, to, and it, it, it they could like seeing it in a different aspect, not just on video, like, without anything there I think that also makes a difference because they can understand the angles of it all a little bit more yeah that's brilliant how did you first get involved with horses and what's your background and so I haven't come from that traditional horsey background at all my mum literally just put me on a horse like I think when I was like really really young and then essentially just couldn't get me off of them and I started like working a riding school I did like I think it was like three Saturdays and you got like a ride on a Saturday, like on the, you know, the next Saturday and stuff like that. And it just, it just evolved really. I like, I loaned quite a lot of horses and then eventually started getting the rides on, on them. And yeah, it just, it sort of just went from there really, but I haven't come from that like traditional equestrian background in any way, shape or form. My mum's like petrified (laughs) sometimes. So um she likes she likes like stroking them and everything but like not not at all equestrian should I say and did you get your own horse then when you were younger yeah um I got he actually came out of a riding school and everyone I remember like when we brought him home there was like a massive thing at the yard because people were like oh my god you bought this horse it's gonna like kill her and you know it's like notoriously (laughs) dangerous and this that the other and um, he was like super cheap, like proper cheap. And um, he took me to like did load, you know, we did loads together. And he actually funded like me going traveling and um, everything else. But I sold him to like a really good home. And he, yeah, it was like that was a really important because he sort of owed me nothing really. And um, he he got me quite a lot of rides and um, yeah, like sort of started quite a lot off for me. So I'm. Um, I'm very appreciative of him. Actually, uh, Ben for our 
I think our first wedding anniversary, he took me to see him. It was like a total surprise. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, I hadn't seen him for like so many years. And he he actually really sadly died. I think it was like a week after I saw him. Yeah. And I honestly feel like it was like he like waited. Do you know what I mean? Like it was really, it was a Aww. really strange thing. Like it was a, but no, he's he was a really special horse. I was, I was really lucky with him, but it um, definitely showed me like how much, you know, like with any horse, if you put time, effort into them, you know, you, you can make any horse, you know, a very good horse, really. And we're connected through the dressage scene because um, I've worked with you a couple of times. And yeah. still do. Um, is your passion specifically dressage? or? Um, I know that the dressage is what I'm good at. Um, but my it's a funny one because like my personality is not I wouldn't say is very dressage like I'm not um, I think you get like I obviously work in the Olympic disciplines and I do just stick to that as well like I really don't get involved like I literally know nothing about race I know a horse gallops but that's the extent of my knowledge um so I stick with the Olympic disciplines if I'm honest like I you know I I wouldn't want to just work with the, the dressage is really like my forte, if you like. And that's what I do with all of the different disciplines. But it's not like I just work with dressage riders. Do you know what I mean, like if I'm working with the event riders, my job is obviously to, from a biomechanics point of view, it's to make them as, you know, the best rider that they can be in the dressage. And I think now, to be honest, like with the eventing, I, I always say to people, you can't sort of say eventing dressage, it's just dressage because without yeah. it. And the show jumpers now are becoming like show jumpers have probably been the ones sort of the least hard to know how to say it, but they're sort of like very stuck in their way, show jumpers. Whereas now, like, you know, they're they're a lot more aware as to how much, you know, like being, you know, you can't you can't just rely on horsepower anymore, like you just can't. So people are a lot more aware as to how much of an effect they actually have on that horse and how they need to, yeah, how much of an effect that, you know, they they have on those horses, basically. And it's, you know, it's, it's just, it's a really, it's a really important aspect of it. And obviously when they see results, then it, you know, everyone else sort of like comes on board. But no, the, I, I love the dressage. It's like all the, I think what I love about it is just, those real like intricacies do you know what I mean that make it like you've just it's just those little little details that make a massive impact that is huge like it's so insane like there's so many people where they're like oh my god I can't believe how much of a difference that makes you know so it's a surprise but you you know the horses are so sensitive especially at elite level you know like those little little things um yeah like it's it's huge so that's I suppose that's a bit but yeah I, lo- I love all the Olympic disciplines I really really do um but I think I think in some ways like my personality being probably a bit more like I'd say a bit more like an inventor type thing yeah I think it balances it all out if you know what I mean so different sort like, of approach yeah yeah so like with the dressage like as you know it's very like perfectionist based and people can sometimes become a bit too insane about it Whereas yeah. actually like having some fun with it, experimenting with a couple of things, like just change it, you know, and um, I think it, I think it really, it re- really works basically. Um, and then equally, sometimes the eventers need to be a lot more disciplined with certain, and, and the show jumpers. So I think I'd balance, balance them out really. And when did you first become interested um, in the equine and human physio aspect? 
I suppose I could I'm I'm really um I'm I'm very dyslexic and I really wasn't like in terms of academic side of things wasn't really my like forte but um what I did love is just I suppose from a riding aspect as well I could always find it very interesting as to like if horses have had injuries like how that affects them and um just like just general sort of like anatomy physiology it really interests me but in a different way I suppose to me it's like I'm very um like a visual learner and I like to sort of like map everything out that's how like the logo comes about of like connecting the dots so it's not just like here's a horse here's a rider you know and that's it's it's like how how um I love the whole thing of like you know what's a horse's strengths like looking at their confirmation like what's their strengths what's their weaknesses what and the same with the rider you know like um I actually had this discussion with somebody recently of like what makes like a top rider and we are getting a lot of data on it now actually but um I think it, it you know equestrian sports been so in the dark ages about that that I think that's what I love so much about what I do is that you really can sort of like pick you know things apart a little bit and like bring it together and make it a make it like a picture that works um so I just I don't know there wasn't really I can't really say that there was like a time where I was like this is it this is my calling and it was just a thing of like I suppose like a natural um way of going and I you know worked in um I didn't I didn't actually want I started my ec- I, I couldn't do the equine training obviously without the human and um, and I worked in elite rugby for quite a bit like to do all my training through there just to get my human to get the equine I didn't actually want to do both but then when um, when I was working with like both athletes obviously I was like oh my god you know I could do whatever I want with this these horses for example but if the rider keeps on doing xyz you kind of yeah. you're not wasting your time, but you're 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 missing half the puzzle. Do you know what I mean? So that's how the whole yeah, that's how the whole rider and equine side of things came about. And it's still something like loads of people always ask, like, do you prefer doing horses or do you prefer doing riders? And I I genuinely love like seeing both, and it wouldn't even work for me in terms of my brain where I could sort of like take one and not the other yeah because they're too they're way too like you're just too compact like too um combined do you know what I mean yeah um so I suppose that's how like the biomechanics aspect came in because it's just bringing bringing those athletes together and looking at like okay we know from a soft tissue perspective um these are the things that they're struggling with and the strength conditioning and you know like you can you can sort of map it out and then sort of um work from there so it kind of all links in but that that's that's what I love like linking it all together yeah you know problem solving must be really interesting oh it's it's unreal like honestly there's a it's a real hard one so I actually do listen to quite a lot of podcasts you know like in the car and um lots of the time like people that have their own businesses and things that they often said I think lot of people have like jobs where to be honest it's just like making ends meet they go to work sort of like just pay the bills and whatever else um but I suppose you'd like especially with me like I get so as you know like you really do get to know the horses the riders the team like the family even um so well that you have such a vested interest in them like 
not even on a business front just on a personal level you want them to do as well as you can so yeah. it's really not just a job you know like it is a and I think that's the thing of like sometimes on the podcast it's quite reassuring because they say you know like if you really do love what you do and it's you know it's it's not just a job and you can't it's very hard for people to sort of understand that sort of work-life balance thing I don't even know if I like this because I think if you try and separate it you kind of become resentful of certain aspects so I do always try like on a Sunday like Sunday's my day where I really don't like doing anything other than like spending time like with friends family what have you but um other than that I you know I can't say like I, I don't ever wake up and think oh god you know um I'm always like oh I'm excited to see them today because we can look at this and you know do you know what I mean like it's always but yeah it's, it's very rewarding like it's an it's an incredible it's an incredible job but it's also like insanely sometimes I have people contact me where they're, they're like want to get into it and I, I think it's just the hours and the energy and the time and everything that you've got to put into it it's like like anything with horses it's it's just you wouldn't you wouldn't actually want to add it all up really no. <laughs> you think you'd like cry yourself to sleep <laughs> and who who inspires you and why um I love looking at other sports. I think you can learn a lot from other um, yeah. other areas. So I'd probably say like Toto Wolf from um, Formula One. He's like an incredible business guy, but, um, you know, like very, very successful. I like how he sort of operates within a team. Jose Mourinho, like people like that are just like a totally different. I love, they're basically, I'd say the thing I love about them is how analytical they are. Yeah. And they look at things from a very, very different perspective. And I'd like to say I try and do that, that, you know, like things that people have been struggling with for quite a while. I will just be like, let's try this, you know, like just see how. And I, I like to sort of experiment a little bit um, just to see if that if that works. And hopefully nine times out of ten, it does. Um, so, yeah, I'd say like a completely it's a bit different. But um yeah, I do, I do try and bring like a lot of different elements over to the hub side of things that aren't typically done in a equestrian sport. And when did you first get the idea for the hub? When I was probably working like within rugby and like as I started off my career that I think obviously by the very nature of equestrian sport, we're very different in the say like if we look at football, rugby or Formula One, it's like, you know, there's always a base, isn't there? So those athletes like come into a facility and everybody's in there so it naturally brings discussion because you're you're all in the same place whereas what I found like really strange um like especially at top level is that you know you don't speak to the coach sometimes you don't get a chance to speak to the saddle and sometimes even with the best will in the world which I'd like to say I had like I try and speak to the vet or the you know if they don't pick up the phone or or you know you sort of go through the rider not any sort of or, or grooms or whatever there's so much like information that especially at um, a higher level gets missed um well at any level for that matter actually but little details you know that get missed that actually could really make a massive difference to your knowledge of that like particular area and how you're going to work with that so um I just thought like isn't it just so strange that um you know like there's literally nowhere 
where everybody's in one space and the hub's just like it's just been insane how like well it's and I'm so pleased but how like well it's taken off and everything because I think you know riders you know yesterday for example and even a bit today you know we had um pilates going on we've got biomechanics treating the horses got you know strength conditioning chiropractic but everyone's all in the same and you get to like it's, it's such a like buzzy atmosphere but equally you're sort of like harboring that sort of performance element um and riders like you know who wouldn't necessarily meet each other that that do and it's a it's a really yeah it's awesome so again it's like from other sports really that I just was like this is freaking mad that we're all just doing our own individual thing and not sort of like talking you know like we're all professionals and it's mad not to communicate more together and who's in your team at the hub so how many other professionals are you working with roughly um I think that I'm gonna say there's like six or seven we've got like a real um a real mix and I, I want it to like grow quite organically as well so as you know like with me like I just I literally was just going around the houses essentially um within reason yeah. um just on my so I don't I, I think it's really important um to have like very different ways of thinking because obviously if everyone thought the same as me I'm not going to get like different ideas so it's really nice to be able to like bounce those ideas off of people um and I've actually had like some incredible people that I've actually really like looked up to um in terms of in their like specialist fields of message and being like look I'd so love to work at the Harvard and that's like insane to get those messages but um as much as I want to like I've I've said to a few look you know like I just want to make sure like what we're doing with what we've got is incredible and then you know later down the line we can look at this and just make sure that we don't you know don't grow too quick um and also it's, it's new for me now because I'm obviously used to just doing my own luckily I've got like an amazing um admin support and all of that side of things that's all taken care of but um yeah I I like to sort of you know we we sort of like chat quite often and make sure like everyone's on the same page because I think no matter how many as long as you've personally I think like within any team whatever team that is I think it's great to have like such different opinions and uh, different ways of working and everything else but you've got to have the same goal yeah so that's that's the most important thing for me that everyone's on that same page um because like if if you're not it's probably not you know it just wouldn't work um so that's probably you know that's that's like a massive massive thing for me so you've got a real mix then of people doing soft tissue chiro is it chiro osteo uh, yeah you've got a chiropractor strength conditioning um performance psychology pilates and we you know i want to look into like the nutritional aspect and um got to get another soft tissue therapist actually um yeah i want to like there's lots of things like that we can do it's just it's just um you know sort of like it's 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 still so new you know it hasn't even really been a year now like yet that it's um been up and so we've done given it was just me to begin with um it's 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 um it's doing really good but I'm just trying to make sure like I don't go like crazy do you know what I mean like right now let's get everyone in so um so yeah but I'm, I'm looking forward to it growing 
organically but the the people i mean that's like a thing that toto wolf says actually like i'm saying is like you know business is really like people you know without people you don't really have anything so um for me it's just it's majorly important that like everybody within the hub like i love that you know like how on some yards now like when you walk it's almost like you just don't know you feel like you're walking on eggshells like can i do this or can i do that or so I really like that it feels very like homely, you know, like yesterday we had like some members in, they're like chilling on the sofa whilst I'm like treating the horses and then they're waiting for, you know, whatever they're waiting for. It's a very sort of like relaxed, but... Rela- relaxed, but very much focused on performance. You know, I think if you don't, if you don't feel relaxed in an environment, it's very, very hard to maximize performance and be like, just honest do you know what I mean like sometimes you just have to have sometimes people do I think feel like maybe on social media they've got to be like this is amazing my life's fantastic look at all my horses and blah. Yeah. actually like I mean, they're like Jesus Christ the life's like you know so um sometimes it's I think it's nice to be that sort of place where they like where people feel at ease um and and it's important like I, I never like that feeling of just like oh god you know I don't want to do anything wrong or set or you just feel you know um uneasy with anything do you know what I mean like it's just got to be a place that people feel like and just you know I always say like help little things like you know helping yourself to tea and coffee and just um yeah and just being like a relaxed space and I want to I want to grow like loads of aspects of it actually like I, I really really do but um yeah I think I think for now hopefully I think everyone's like very happy with with that side of things so long term um will you still travel around um no I see I see, I go to like Hickster for example I was for the show jumpers and I've got a few like dressage riders down there um but yeah I suppose I, I mean to be honest I mean I still do go to like um obviously I can't say to somebody that's got like 20 horses hey <laughs> Come to me. Um, so, like, it's very dependent on each situation that I still, like, go out, you know, a fair amount for sure. Um, but obviously the hub guys are, are there and um, arguably, like, some riders, to be honest, they're, like, more than happy to bring horses, like, more than I thought, to be honest. Um, because I suppose, like, they get to be in another arena, which is good for the horses. Um, you know, we've got everything there. So um I think it's that whole thing of like I'm not needing to like be in some horribly cold tack room or so like everything's all in one space now isn't it so it's it's like really easy it saves time um but no like I mean I still will go to the and you know I've had I've had some clients like for so long you know like I wouldn't I wouldn't be like you know I wouldn't I wouldn't do that but um yeah it's just sort of like seeing how we go really and um but I obviously I like being at the hub and it means that everyone it's that whole communication aspect really I suppose that's that's quite good and people people like so I suppose they're quite willing to travel yeah that's good when we were talking about people in your team you didn't mention Roger so for people listening Dee's got the cutest stuff. Oh. <laughs> They are, but literally, I swear to God, that's probably why I have clients now. Like, <laughs> I actually reckon sometimes if I turn up and Roger's like at home for whatever reason, which is really rare, 
people are like where's Roger <laughs> so I'm like sorry so I leave like <laughs> I just go that people are like he's just got a everyone says I should have an Instagram across like I haven't got time to do an Instagram account for Roger but um yeah like it's so funny like he he really is like loved by so many um so many people so it's it's really felt like sometimes Ben and I like we'll be out walking even in like Cheltenham or something like that and they'll be like is that Roger I'm like oh, oh my god like this is insane you've got um, a cute cat yeah Brixton, Brixton and Barkley and um, they're British short hairs um <laughs> Yeah, they're they're more like I know it sounds I know it's like probably a crazy cat lady thing to say, but they're not actually like cats. They're more like dogs. Yeah. Um. So they like follow you around, and they're very like, yeah, quite. They're 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 like it's, it just makes like the house a home. Like Ben actually was like, we are not getting cats. Like I do not like cats. <laughs> and I remember actually I made him like um go to like pets at home to get like the cat's bed set. and I was like what cat bed do you want Ben he's like I don't even want the bloody cat dick not the let alone the bed <laughs> and now like he's like obsessed with these cats so, um so yeah it's funny how how he's changed so oh bless him um going back to the performance side of things for a rider on a budget do you have any top tips to help performance or exercises that they can do in their own time um, I'd say, do you know what, like, I honestly reckon is like a major, major aspect that um, any rider should, um, like, really work on is just like stuff before you, before you ride, um, yeah. especially like, um, I don't know, well, I mean, arguably professionals have to be doing it as well, but people at Desert, matters, like, if you think like, what other sport can you possibly think of? where you just are like now go do that sport no warm-up no stretching no nothing you know like it's just it just is unimaginable that like you'd say to rugby players out you go go play the best game of your life no no warm-up no nothing and they do so much stuff like before any you know like and it's really funny like even some like amazing riders if they go and do another sport they'll warm up for that but then I have to encourage them to warm up for like the best like for like a bloody like one of the biggest of rides of their life type thing of their career so um I would say like for anyone really just having like three exercises choose I think sometimes the hardest thing for people is that they don't understand or they can't can't think how exercise or anything off the horse is going to improve them on the horse so I would just say keep it like sort of super simple and just think right three things that like really sort of like have come up you know like there's always things that people do like little habits that you know you've got and then just think right what could I do before I get on that's gonna help that so like if some people for example like a lot of riders will grip their knees instead of like relax their hips and allow that especially like if we talk about the dressage side of things pelvis issues like with dressage it's like literally I spend my life working on pelvises um so I would say like anything like that obviously allows that like like hip flexibility hip mobility that's like absolutely crucial for dressage riders thoracic mobility I'm only saying dressage obviously you're like given free style um yeah like just just anything that you could but try and make it as specific to you 
um, or what your coach would say. Maybe even art, like a, a really strange one. And I suppose like from a biomechanics point of view, it's probably why it is or it is so popular is because it's astounding how many coaches, like not saying all coaches, but when I ask people that have trained with a coach for how many years, like what do you need to improve as a rider? They're like, oh, I don't know. You know, we just sort of concentrate on the horse. But like without being rude, if I went and put that coach, if they're like a rider, which typically they are on that horse, you probably wouldn't have the same problem. So I don't see why like everyone's just concentrating on the horse because it's, you know, do you know what I mean? Like it is it's about pretty, the rider. Yeah. yeah, it's it's huge. Like that is that is the difference of um, you know, any anyone can sort of like sit on a horse within reason. So it's that whole thing of the, you know, actually do ask ask your coach, say, what do I personally need to improve on? Um, and it's not what would they do if they were on the horse, it's like what can you do? on that particular horse that will improve that performance and then just like base it off of that yeah that's a good tip and what are the most important therapies to improve performance that you could suggest um well i'm probably gonna have to say soft tissue but i think it's just because again you know you've got to maintain like i think you know, especially when we talk about dressage, is such a repetitive sport, you know, like it's, I think I would say sometimes dressage horses uh, have one of more the harder times of any of the athletes that I work with, just because it's like repetition, repetition, repetition. Yeah. Um, and the same with like, obviously, dressage riders, it's, it's, you know, exactly the same. So, um i'd probably say soft tissue on the basis that it just keeps everything happy and healthy um and it's that whole thing of like prevention is better than cure but then equally um like we have charlie unwin the performance psychologist at the hub and we do like this elite hub performance um group and it's all like on the whole physical and psychological and how much they're just so intertwined because arguably i could have like a horse and rider being the best like athlete uh you know physically but if mentally you go into those whiteboards and you're like oh my god um it's not it's not pointless what we've done but do you know what I mean like I just believe like mindset is the biggest biggest like is one of probably the biggest things and I think a lot of riders don't talk about um talk about it enough you know like how much of a factor um nerves and pressure and you know especially dressage like owners and whatever else um there is a lot you know of uh, a lot of different things to think about so I'd say like performance psychology is like a massive one I don't know why it's sometimes I don't, I don't know I wouldn't say do now because we have so many riders that do the performance psychology aspect and they bloody love it at the hub um but maybe still, like, there is a bit of a thing of, like, oh, why do you need to sit, do you know what I mean? Like, performance yeah. like this. But um, I'd say that's, like, really important. And then um, what else? I would probably say, like, well, going back to that thing of, like, um, like strength conditioning, like, mobility work. Um, because, again, you know, like, you've, you've got to, for dressage, you know, you really have got to be... Um, you know you you've got you've got to be in top form and that's that's the beauty of um whether people like it or not you are competing against um 
you know some of the best so you've got to be at your you know you've got to be at your best and um realistically like sort of sometimes these riders are not they're not actually doing anything hugely sensational i like wrote about it actually on my instagram the other day they're not doing anything majorly different um but it's just those like world-class basics do you know what i mean so if you can make yourself on those sort of three elements as great a ride as you can be um i think that's like obviously that can that can only help you um and and really like everyone needs as much help as they can get within reason so um I, i'd say those and in terms of, um for the horses what do you think that riders can do i mean i know that you could go on about this for a long long time but just key things that riders um maybe people that have listened to this for the first time and never heard of you or whatever but just some exercises for the horses or, or things they can look at with their horses or problems that you see a lot of that would help riders to improve um just because the dressage podcast and it's probably my biggest hate um is horses like have to be turned out yeah i think that's that if there's anything at all like i actually refuse to work with people like if you just don't turn your horses out point back or i will make it my lifelong ambition to get you turning your horses out yeah um because again it's that whole thing of like who on in their right mind thinks do you know what i want this horse to like come out perform all these movements do all this stuff of which again is like i mean yes it is fun for them you know when they enjoy it but it is repetitive it is you know you are doing the same sort of thing you know the four you know four walls within reason in a school just monotonous so you have to give them like you have to give them the time to be a horse and from a soft tissue angle there's no point spending all this money on like all this other, you know, that people spend their money on. And then they lock the horse up for like 20 hours of the day in a stable, you know, like it's, it's so stupid. It's like almost comical. Yeah. So um, that would probably be my biggest thing within dressage. But I, I mean, to be fair, like now a lot of people do turn out, but it does really spread. It's probably a bit more of like, you probably see that more actually than me of like, I think abroad they do they they turn out a lot less yeah um, they've obviously got like heaps more horses and stuff like that so that's probably but I would say that that's like my biggest thing that from both a physiological point of view a psychological point of view a performance point of view like every single thing you know like just letting horses just be a horse just like you know to move freely without tack and you know restraint and you know everything else and you know I honestly just so believe that happier horses just make such happier athletes of course um, yeah so that's probably like a really big thing and like just just varying it up like I really do think you know Carl's probably one of the best ones for that like you know when you train there like you've got birds you've got dogs you've got this you've got that and it's the same as like a you know a, an event you can't be like oh sorry my yeah. horse isn't my horse isn't prepared for this you know like you can't do that you've got a bit you know like when people sort of like keep every like horses like a bloody you know bubble wrap and then they go to an international they go to an event and then they're like oh my god he blew his brains and it's like clearly you know yeah. clearly it's going to blow his brains um so you've got to like be prepared and it's that whole thing of like controlling the controllables do you know what I mean so like 
varying it up, like get them hacking, get them doing pole work. You know, loads of Dressel Rogers jump now as well, like keep it fun. I think it actually improves anyway, like some of the canter work and stuff like that. So I'd say just like, and again, that sort of comes back to like the thing of like what we spoke about at the beginning of like, I think sometimes like just by the very nature of dressage and like the people that are attracted to dressage sometimes it is like quite an introvert sport sometimes and I think people can be a bit harder on themselves like eventers a bit more like oh you know like show jumpers are just their own thing of like you know every everything's just like it's such a different way of being do you know what I mean so I think dressage riders out of everyone beat themselves up the most yeah um and I think like it's important to not like put that onto the horses and to make sure you have fun with them and just you know just enjoy it I think sometimes people forget like you know I always think going back to like what you asked about like in terms with me you know like I love I love horses um I've got a lot of interest outside of equestrian sport um but I think, you know, you've always got to remember, like, why you do it. Um, so there's that you, you might as well have fun with it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you've got a really cool product that I've started to use as well, which are the Equibands. Yeah. Um, so can you talk about those for the people that are listening a little bit and explain all about them? Yeah, so, um, well, just I created them because essentially, like, I was in terms of the strength conditioning and then the biomechanics, I'd always say to people like, you know, try and do what you like, try and feel what you were feeling when you had the bands on. They're like, you know, basically they couldn't. And I think like riders are very like kinesthetic learners typically. Yeah. It's for you to be able to feel what you should be doing rather than being told. Because then once you feel that, um, you know, typically you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like it's it, like where people before I suppose they've like tied things up or done that's sort of like restricting you whereas when you ride in the bands as you know it is actually it genuinely is very hard work I'm not going to lie so you basically choose like what's your weaker side um put that so from your shoulder to your ankle um you've got the body band and you've got the mini bands as well um and you can sort of either have one or one side on or you can put two on or you can just have the mini band or you can have all of them so it's like completely they're completely like height and resistance adjustable but it's it's insane like honestly when when I when I went down this whole little I thought I was so naive I was like how hard can it be to create a band but actually um to do one that's like you know purposeful to the sport works for everyone works for all these olympic disciplines it, it, it was actually like well carnage it, i just couldn't believe yeah, just... how hard it was but um yeah it's, t- it's taken on like a, i mean it works so well like obviously with the business because i'm always doing biomechanics session i'm always doing strength conditioning or we all are at the hub um so it kind of like works its way in anyway and then obviously i've got the balls um because everyone would always say like what would you always say riders need? And I always say like resistance bands and a ball, um, like a Swiss ball, but I've done them like obviously at a certain size for riders. And um, yeah, they, I mean, it's, it's like taken off like entirely. Like I obviously took um, the hub and everything to London International, which was like massive, like typical me. Yes, I've never done, a stand, never, done a, never done a stand in my life and I thought I'd do London. So, um, but yeah, no, it was, it was amazing. And um yeah, I'm like, couldn't be more stoked really with like how how well it's doing. They're like 
they're in so many different countries now, which is really cool. We've had like awesome. even yesterday, yeah, we had like people for like the states flying quite a lot. Then some of them, like had Russia, Portugal, you know, like it's, it, they go all over the show. So, um, but the whole thing is that you can work out on the horse, like obviously activate on the horse those weaker areas. And then the whole thing is for them to be used off the horse as well. So they come with like an anchor set because a lot of people would say, oh, you know, I can't I can't exercise away from the gym or, you know, like their home environment. Yeah. Um, so it's it's basically like a bag that's got, you know, I'm not saying um, you can do literally everything with them. But I have filmed like hundreds of exercises Um with Ariat now of like all these different exercises and, and stretches that you can do with the bands and um, the balls so that anybody can, anybody of whatever level can do them. So it's like progressions, regressions, etc. So, um, yeah, like the, the, like they're, they're doing Cause it, it brings an element of fun to it. Obviously it's, it's got a serious, a serious aspect, but um, yeah, because you can do so much, it, it makes it good fun. Yeah, the, a lot of people learn, like a few people, like I know the event riders, especially like us, they would warm up together, like at the event. Yeah. Um, so it makes sense, like I should look into a little bit more, really. But yeah, I think that, that you know, people people do take them with them kind of like wherever, really. So um, I'm, I'm pleased you're liking them. I use them on me and I actually use them on a lot of clients. So. yeah yeah there's it, it's it's um I do, i've done like i do lot that's where i do travel a lot to be fair now it's like i go to i go all over i've got quite a few clinics actually booked in this year already um so i do that's if i were to travel like that's what i when i was sort of thinking do i don't i do a lot of clinics with the bands um i get asked to do that quite a lot now yeah that's good um and do you still use the rock tape as well Oh, all the, all the bloody time. Yeah, um, brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, I literally use the tape. It's, it's just so good. I even did, like, a thing earlier on it. It's just that it just helps so much. Like, you can't – it's, again, it's that whole thing of, like, you're trying to think of all these different things, do you know what I mean? Whereas the tape, it makes you kind of not, – not in a bad way, but it just prompts you so much. It stops you, like – it naturally just makes you think, oh, you know, I remember, you know, where I'm meant to be now and – um yeah like super I, I wouldn't I literally can't go anywhere without um tape really so a lot of the a lot of the riders like um I've actually got even before like some of the big shows now like people were booked in just for like 15 minutes to come in to be taped and just uh, out yeah no it's, it's 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 massive really going on to a slightly different subject um I know you've helped Lara Butler um, yeah. especially around a pregnancy to get strong afterwards um can you just talk a little bit about this about how you helped her yeah so um I don't know what um because Lara was on the podcast wasn't yeah, she, she was, yeah yeah she had she had quite a difficult birth and that's the thing like you just never know how your birth is going to go so I think like a lot of riders have this thing of like they're going to be straight back on and you know sometimes it just doesn't work like that um but Lara was awesome we did a lot um, I think a big thing was like doing a lot beforehand as well so okay. she was like in a, you know she was really strong and um, sort of like you know in, in good shape if you like um, beforehand because she, she you know she wanted to get back as quick as she could do and then um, 
yeah we just, we just like saw each other I suppose quite a bit and I worked obviously she was with British Equestrian so um, it's about linking um, her program up with them with me and making sure it all it all links um, but the biggest thing was like just taking it in um, taking it in her own time and when she was ready and um, I think that's the biggest thing that lots of people, um, you know, have to do really. You just, I think, know from my experience, literally of just working with riders, um, on that aspect is you, you know, you just, you just don't know like how it's going to go, you know, like some people have all these, um, ideas and then they have like a, you know, an emergency cesarean, you, you know, you, you can't, you can't plan really. So you've just got to, um, just try and make them as ready as they can be to like be back on board and um just support them as much as possible i recently read a post on your instagram about your views on pregnancy yeah i i can't tell you how many like messages i had about that and even to be honest it 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 actually made me understand things from like a totally different perspective of people that have had children and then they get asked all the time like when the when the next one is and basically my post was just about that it's hard you know like a question sport it's 24 7 um you know like it's very you can't just sort of say yeah like see you in nine months horses like crack on so I think it's just that whole thing of that I think people need to be a lot more understanding that it is difficult in equestrian sport you know I'm not a rider but it is difficult for riders difficult for people that work within the industry because you are taking time out you know what everyone says you are going to be taking time out and I think people need to understand and appreciate that everyone's situations are different and I think it was just uh, to be honest now I just got I just couldn't believe that you know since I've got married since you know like I've got so much on at the moment people just don't realize I think sometimes people see this picture and it's like with riders you know you see this picture of like this Grand Prix rider and you think people seem to forget how long it's actually taken you know to get to that point and it's the same with my career like you know like I can't tell you how long it's taken me to get to this point and I am absolutely loving it but equally you know like it's, it's hard to sort of let it go you know I think now we're we're at a really good stage where you know women we are you know we are sort of breaking boundaries now we are you know just do it you know we can we can do our own thing I think it's important to understand that, you know, like that there are so many, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't want to have children right now. I definitely want to have children in the future, but I just feel, you know, sometimes when you're asked constantly, I, you know, we've had friends where they've lost children or, you know, they've, they're trying or whatever. And I think people need to realize that when you're asking someone those sort of questions, just as like a flippant comment, there could be so much pain under that or there could be you know like for me it's just annoying because it's like why do I have to explain myself to you like my decisions you know like there's a lot of I don't have like my mum you know like close by and my husband's family are in New Zealand I'm not I don't have people here to be looking after a child and you know I, I do ridiculous days as do riders and other people in the profession so I think it's just people, I think it's like, it is a problem in the sport um, and it it needs to just be realised that people shouldn't just, you know, sort of be asking about your uterus as like a a flippant thing. Like it's got, you know, what I'm doing really hasn't got a huge amount to do with you. So I'm fine talking about it with people I know, 
but I find it really strange that people just you know just say these things casually because it, it does get like where you think good god like let me just do me like let me just you know like I'm at like you you've normally worked so hard to get to a particular stage that I think sometimes in life people always like right what's next what's next what's next and actually sometimes it's nice to actually just step back and sort of just think you know I've actually got here and just enjoy it rather than being like okay now I'm gonna do this do you know what I mean and then ultimately with a baby you're gonna be taking a taking a break but I think it's a I definitely think it's something in the question sport that needs to be looked at and yeah I was I couldn't believe the amount of um it was it was huge and like just like I said there was so many things where I thought god like I hadn't even thought of that Dee it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you thank you for coming on um my my final question is like your hopes and dreams um I've sort of learned a bit you know like that you can have like it I always think it's very good to have goals um I definitely do um but I think you've got to be very adaptable in this sport like you know you can't just think everything's gonna like go down some little you know rosy little you know sort of thing so um I think for me like I just want the hub to grow organically I want to I always want to I just want to enjoy really now like what you I think when you enjoy what you do you're obviously a lot better at it yeah Um, so I think like sometimes we get so sort of thing of like what's next when actually like I've dreamt of the hub like being as it is for such a long period of time that um you know like it took so long to like make it actually happen yeah I'm trying to actually on which I am like just enjoying it for now you know like for what it is and yeah and so but yeah no I don't I I think like going back to the whole thing of like looking at sports I think there's lots that I can bring into the hub like and um hopefully like you know from a team perspective you know like there's so much um opportunity there that obviously we've got everything in one one place so it'd be great to have like a bit more of like rather than the individuals coming in like maybe the teams and so you know like there's there's lots of different things but for now to be truthful like I'm just I'm just enjoying like what I'm doing love who I work with and um biggest thing really is like supporting like the team that I've got like within the hub and making sure we're you know we're all happy etc but yeah I'm, I'm just so I'm really grateful for like the clients I've got and um yeah like just just um I think like success is happiness really so yeah. um, that's kind of my my thing and then I'll um but but always pushing I'm always like I say I'm sort of like all happy I'll always I'll always push myself push the business and um I think there's loads of like especially with the bands and lots of different areas that will probably really sort of there's lots of areas that I can tap into and stuff like that but um just enjoy it along the way brilliant well thank you very much good luck with it all day oh thank you so much now thanks so much for having me on and you're welcome um, it's um it's awesome so really appreciate it thank you all right, lots of love. Thanks, Dee. Bye. 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 Bye.
Thank you, Dee. It was really interesting to talk to you and huge congratulations on launching two businesses. That's very admirable. I'm sure that lots of people will resonate with your views on pregnancy. If anyone wants to check out Dee, it's Dynamic Performance Hub on Instagram. I've personally been there and it's a great atmosphere. I've also used the EQ bands and they're brilliant for positional training. I really recommend them. So definitely check those out as well. As always, thank you so much to all the amazing listeners that listen and share my podcast. Thank you very much. And until next time.